welcome to the Be Legendary Podcast. The show that brings you exactly what you need to be the best basketball player and basketball coach you can be. First guest is Tim Owens, a 6'4 forward I recruited in 1989 to the University of San Francisco, who in my mind epitomizes uh, what the Be Legendary experience is all about. Hey, I'd like to welcome Tim Owens to the show. Tim, how you doing, man? Oh, I'm doing great, Coach. It's been a I long time. To... <laughs> it's been a long time, Coach. I want you to know I'm excited about this whole thing. Hey, uh, so... And I just want to thank you for inviting me on the Be Legendary podcast. You know, I, it feels an honor uh, uh, to be the first guest on your show in light of all, all the people you could have invited. So I just want to thank you and let you know I appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, humble as always. But let me tell you, there's there's one coach or player that, that stood out over anybody, and that was you, because you epitomized the Be Legendary movement. And we're going to get right into it. Uh, I want to start out, when you first started out playing basketball, Tim, uh, middle school, junior high, and high school, uh, talk about your biggest influences then and, and why they uh, had such an influence on you at, at a young age. Well, Coach, you that it takes a village absolutely <laughs> and, well well that's what happened to me you know i give all credit to my mom my coaches my mentors uh my my community uh i look at i think about my mom you know she instilled good morals and ba- values in me uh she showed me what hard work was all about you know hard work dedication and i look at my coaches and mentors you know uh just taking taking that hard that, that hard work dedication and, and adding discipline to it, commitment, you know, uh-huh. and uh, and you know just leading into community, the friends I had, we had like minds, played basketball together. Uh, I think around ninth grade we started going to the YMCA downtown, a big part of our lives where we honed our skills. You know, I met many relationships, uh, met many friends, a group of guys, Mike, uh, Reggie, Trent. Uh, uh, I think a lot of guys who ex-athletes played college basketball, some professional that helped helped me along the way to harm my skills, you know. And so I give credit, you know, just to my community, man. Just just overall, it was the whole uh, community that helped me uh, become the player that I was. That, that that's awesome, and and it's so important that these young kids and parents that are listening to this understand uh, how important it is who they surround their. Uh, child with to, to motivate and, and influence now you uh attended jack Yates high school in houston texas and all through the 80s and 90s they're considered uh one of the top high school programs in the country going in there as a young uh ninth grader uh tell us about your mentality and and how you prepared and and even if you did prepare uh for that uh why don't you touch upon that well, going to Yates, man, you know, and, and playing basketball there and being alumni there, I come from a long list of great basketball players. And, you know, uh, I never have really considered myself a part of that. You know, I always use the people that were before me as motivation to push forward in my own game, you know. And so, you know, uh, my coach, uh, Walter Johnson, you know, he instilled hard work, dedication, our trainings was very tough, very hard. You know, they run you to exhaustion. But in the end, when I look back, I understand it all because it all prepared me for the next level. 
Absolutely. And we're going to get to uh, your next level. As a senior at Yates, uh, what options did you have uh, uh, coming out of there? Well, what you have to realize, my junior year, we were a very good team, and our team was depleted. We lost almost everyone. And uh, I recently talked to uh, Coach Johnson just to remember those times, and he reminded, he told me something that I didn't know. He, he told me that I packed the team my senior year, you know, myself with some additional players, but he said that I held us down. So, uh, you know, I, I feel pretty good about that because that's that's something that I never heard heard before. You know, going to a school like Yates, it's an excellent program, excellent coaches. They care about you beyond the sport of basketball. You know, they, you know, give you the ins and outs on not just basketball, but the pitfall, pit, pitfalls in life, you know, so... Mm-hmm. Like I say, I, did, I give them a lot of credit, you know, for uh, 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 just having them, you know, being able to motivate us, you know, uh, uh, to, to want more and to do more in our lives. Right. And, and uh, coming out of there, you, your decision was to attend Midland Junior College, which uh, I'm sure many uh, basketball coaches know that are listening to this. One of the top junior college programs in the country. And at the time, probably top two program in the state of Texas. So walk us through yeah. your decision uh, on attending Midland. Uh, well, well, coming out, I realized I didn't have too many offers, you know, uh, and I, I realized that I probably would have to go the junior college route. And I think it was the best route for me, basketball-wise and education-wise, because uh, I think I had independence in Midland, and I chose Midland because Coach Franklin – uh, he, he was a Yates graduate, you know, and, and I think that he threw me out a challenge in going to Midland anyway when he told me if I think I can come there and play with those guys. And I say I, I, that was one of the motivations in going to Midland is uh, I just thought it was the best place for me. And it's funny, uh, your decision came down to Independence Junior College in Midland. Uh, you had a yeah. teammate at Yates who uh, attended Independence College, uh, signed with Oklahoma out of high school out of Yates. Ended up at Independence, uh, so it's kind of ironic. His name, Daryl Johnson, was a 6'5 power forward at Independence who actually uh, was influential in your decision in attending uh, San Francisco, and we'll get to that shortly. But at Midland, I know Coach Franklin had a, a tremendous influence on you, uh, and, and I want you to uh, talk about your relationship with him uh, your freshman and sophomore year. Uh, my relationship with Frank, Coach Franklin was great. I looked at him as a continuation of Coach Johnson. You know, he was a Yates graduate. You know, he came out of Yates and went out to have a, a great career in college with SMU and with the Globe Trotters. And so me me going to uh, uh, Midland College, you know, it was just an extenuation with Coach Johnson. You know, just the next level of discipline, hard work, you know, uh, dedication. I mean... And he taught me how to approach the game. I always remember in my head in trainings, you know, when we were doing layup drills, and he'll, he'll sit there in the, in the paint, and when you got ready to lay up, he's just telling you, attack, attack, attack. And, you know, I remember that attack in my head all the way through. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Now, uh, obviously, you didn't go to Midland uh, expecting to win uh, – awards, set records, be, uh, make all-term teams. You went to Midland and, and uh, kind of talk about this just, just briefly. You went to Midland 
to be the best basketball player you could be. He had no expectations beyond Midland at that point. Uh, go ahead. I'll, 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 I'll be honest with you, Coach. Uh, I don't know what I expected going in there. I know I expected to go in and give the best effort that I that I could. And uh, Coach Franklin, he was a good motivator. He had a way of, of motivating you and pulling out the best in you, you know. And so I think that's what that's what happened. A combination of his training, his coaching. Uh, that helped propel me to the next level along with the level of competition that we were playing against. Uh huh. Now, uh, your sophomore year at Midland, uh, talk, talk to us a little bit uh, and, and tell uh, the players that are in that position now. Uh, the schools that uh, were recruiting you, uh, uh, your school visits, uh, I think you uh, visited uh, obviously San Francisco. Uh, the other schools that you might have visited. Walk us through your recruiting process then. Well, even coming, you know, coming coming up to when it was time for me to decide a school to to leave uh, Midland and choose a school, you know, I thought that I would be more excited about choosing a bigger program, you know. So originally, I was going to go to the University of Oregon. I had Baylor, I had Texas A and M, I had Georgia Southern, North Texas, UTEP. Um, I think Pitt, uh, Kansas State, schools like that were, were interested. And I narrowed it down. It came down to Oregon and the University of San Francisco. And uh, I chose or I chose the University of San Francisco because that same guy you talked about, Daryl Johnson, who had took a scholarship to Oklahoma but left, went to Independence, called me, and his first his first words was, "Hey, let's go be the next Hank and Bo." You know, <laughs> I love that. I gotta say, I gotta say, Coach Trues had no influence. Well, Coach Trues, you know, he I had a big influence. He had a big influence, though. I remember him with his Armani suits and big hair. You know, <laughs> <laughs> that's that's funny. And it's funny that that DJ uh, said it's gonna be uh, the next Hank and Bo. Just a, a quick uh, fact about you, Tim uh, currently holds the West Coast Conference. Uh, all-time scoring uh, leader for a single game with 45. He ironically uh, beat Hank Gathers, who previously owned that record, scoring 38, uh, which I think is uh, very ironic. So obviously uh, tremendous for me, for you, uh, to come to USF. And uh, when we come back from this break, we're going to get into experience as a Don. Hey, this is Hug. A quick introduction to myself. I share my nickname with my relative, legendary baseball great Miller Huggins, in addition to his height, but that's another story. I'm so honored to be part of this podcast, Be Legendary. These podcasts are conversations with basketball greats, information never shared before. So to break up all this greatness, I get to interject with my segment, which I refer to as Little Diddy. It's facts about basketball history that'll blow your mind. Ironically, the legendary players, coaches, and associates that are already lined up for future broadcasts hold many of these iconic records. So hold on to your seats. And in addition, get a hold of us to get involved with this amazing family. Thank you. Hey, welcome back uh, from our break. Uh, we're talking to Tim Owens, 6'4", uh, player from the University of San Francisco, talking about his recruitment at a Midland Junior College. Uh, his final two choices came down to the University of Oregon and the University of San Francisco. Attempt take it from there. Well, well, I was originally headed to Oregon. I already gave a verbal commitment 
and, and University of San Francisco wasn't on my mind. That's where Daryl Johnson came in with the call, let's be the next Hank and Bolt. We went out on a visit. I loved it. Uh, uh, I loved the campus. Uh, uh, I loved that it was 15 to 1 in the classroom because I needed that, you know, uh, uh, and that it wasn't a bigger school with 35,000 students like Oregon. I thought I would do better after I visited the University of San Francisco. Uh-huh. Now, uh, so you get on campus, uh, school starts, practice starts October 15th, uh, then uh, what were your thoughts on campus uh, playing, you know, pickup games with the other team members uh, prior to practice and then once practice started? Again, uh, your expectations and how you uh, uh, focused uh, to turn out to have such a wonderful, phenomenal uh, junior year at USF. Uh, Go ahead, Tim. Well, for me, for me, it was all so unexpected. I didn't expect any of that. You know, uh, I just expected to go out there and just play to the best of my ability. And uh, I think what prepared me to have a, such a, a great season, like I say, was the competition that I had in the JUCO. I mean, some of the players that I played against, some of the players that I got to watch even from a, st- a spectator st- standpoint, it was some pretty amazing stuff, man, you know? And uh, yeah. I think, you know, with the likes of Larry Johnson, uh, Kenny Williams, Robert Pack, Carl Herrera, Bo Outlaw, uh, and, you know, the, the list really can go on. Randy Brown, Michael New. I mean, it's just so many I can name off that I was ba- mm-hmm. I was able to play against and lock up against that I think that helped elevate my my game. And when I did go into the University of San Francisco, uh, uh, it kind of just flowed with me. Yeah. You know, you mentioned uh, that we recruited you. I recruited you as a three-man, and, and that was that was the plan. But once, once we started uh, in practice, it was obvious that you had uh, – your strength was playing inside – and uh, those uh, players and coaches that aren't aware, I'm sure many of them are, Tim's left-handed, which gave him a huge advantage <laughs> playing against a bigger – That was the secret sauce, coach. Was that? That was the secret sauce. That was the secret sauce. That was the secret sauce. That's right. Only you and I knew that, though. Yeah, we had, we had to prove that to everybody else. And, boy, was it. Uh, it uh, just catapulted you uh, your junior year at San Francisco – and kind of walk through, uh, you know, playing uh, first competition or first game uh, all through uh, the highlights of your junior year? Well, you know, when I wound up playing the four, four position, there was no, no surprise. Oregon and USF recruited me to play the three, but knew I had the ability to play the four position. I myself just didn't think that I would have to go in and compete at that position. I thought I would have to compete for the three position myself, uh-huh. you know. And so once they're, you know, once they asked me to switch over, I didn't bother because I played the four position since high school. You know, I flourished right. in at Yates. I flourished in it at Midland. So when they switched me there and they felt that I'd be a better fit there and it was a better fit for the team, I did it with no problem. And in the end, I was thankful for it because – I had a 20-point season that I thought – and that came out of nowhere, you know. Right. <laughs> and right. Uh, you know, Go ahead. No, I was just saying, and it turned out good. Absolutely. And, and uh, like I mentioned to uh, the listeners, uh, uh, how humble you are. Uh, you ended up uh, after your junior year, it was 20.1 points a game. And 
You were selected uh, first team All West Coast Conference player. Unbelievable accomplishment. And back then, uh, it's different now, but back then, it was kind of known nationwide that you recruited junior college players. It's going to take them a year to adjust. Yeah. Uh, and and absolutely, it took you about three months during the summer to adjust, and you were ready to go. And again, not expected by you, but but that's the whole uh, concept behind the Be Legendary movement. Uh, you, regardless of any outcome, all first team, all West Coast Conference, 20.1 points a game, you're going to work as hard as you could uh, regardless if you did that or not. So, well, Coach, so yeah. after U.S. – pardon me? Yeah, I just say I always wanted to be me- mentally and physically prepared. Uh-huh. And, and you absolutely were. Now, what's ironic is uh, we go into Tim's senior season, and uh, I'm going to start out with uh, – I know Tim's aware of this. He sits eighth on the all-time three-point percentage record for the University of San Francisco. Why that's so ironic is because he, he played four his whole junior year. So, Tim, talk, talk, talk about uh, you moving out and the opportunity to shoot uh, the threes that you did. Well, well, it was a real adjustment. You know, I knew, that I, I knew that I could do it, you know, and because I had always worked on my perimeter skills, it's just that the team needed me elsewhere. So, in between the, my junior and senior year, I just came home and I uh, – uh, I honed my uh, perimeter skills, you know. Uh-huh. Uh, when I went back, you know, it kind of – everything just kind of like flowed. I mean, it, when I think about it, you know, uh, shooting the threes, I could always shoot the three. I just needed confidence in shooting the three, you know. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I think I think it was a combination of, of Coach Favelli uh, empowering me to shoot that three and had confidence in me in the perimeter. And – it was having a great point guard in Orlando Smart. You know, a lot, a lot of my points came from him, and and with his assist, with him, all you had to do was basically run. Absolutely, and, and for those of you that don't know about Orlando Smart, five ten, five nine point guard uh, from uh, Austin High School uh, in Austin, Texas, unrecruited uh, at high school uh, as a freshman. Uh, let broke Kenny Anderson from Georgia Tech's NCAA all-time freshman assist record with 907 assists in one season, his freshman year. And I'm sure half of those were uh, because of uh, uh, Tim Owens. Uh, Tim, talk about uh, getting uh, the situation you were in uh, uh, coming off the bench your senior year and, and how that uh, transpired and, what you did uh, walking into Coach Bravelli's office? Well, well, it was tough because, you know, it's like anyone that's coming off a great season, you you want to continue with that, you know. You don't want to have a drop in that. And I think uh, Coach Bravelli thought that I was pushing it a little bit, so he set me down. And and I thought about it, you know, when he set me down, I could have took it two ways, you know. I could have powdered and crying and been, uh, been a, a detriment to the team, but I didn't. You know, I took it as a time to encourage the team. Uh, and when I did get my minutes and, and I went out there and proved that I deserved to be on the court, you know, I think I led the team with scoring from the bench. And I think uh, it was a period where we played we played DePaul, we played Cal, and we played Columbia. And I got player of the month. You know, after that last game against DePaul, I went to coach and I said, Coach, I don't think there's any reason I should be sitting on the bench. I think I should have my 
position back. And, and he said, I think you're right. And that's how that went. I just think. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I just think sometimes, you know, for some reason or other, you know, uh, players don't get player time. You know, may- maybe it's that the coach don't like them. Maybe they're not putting in enough work or whatever, I think. But I think it was my attitude that got me through that, the willingness to work hard in spite of not getting what I want. And I think by working hard and keeping a great attitude and having confidence in myself, I was able to maintain. And so important what you just said. And again, uh, the be legendary uh, factor with you, uh, you, uh, you did exactly uh, what you knew you needed to do to get your spot back and, and finish out. Uh, Tim averaged 18.1 points a game as a senior. And now, uh, at the end of the season, uh, Tim had a phenomenal European uh, pro career. Uh, I want uh, Tim touch upon that. And, uh, you know, I know you were uh, catered by a lot of uh, agents uh, for, for that experience. Uh, go into that a little bit. Well, well, that was an exciting time because I felt courted a bit. You know, I, I, you know, I had quite a few people vying to represent me for the next level. And I think a lot of people – I thought that I had an opportunity to at least attempt to make the NBA at that time, you know? Uh, so through that process, you know, I, I looked at a few agents, but I, uh, I settled on a day in Bidisky with, with courtside. Uh, it wasn't, it wasn't courtside then. It, I can't even remember the name of the agency then, but uh, I was, I, I guess I was maybe his first or second player that he brought on. And I took him because he had both NBA license and he had connections in Europe. And, you know, that was my logic in the whole thing. And so just to find out, just to come out, you know, uh, my first year out, uh, Dayan sent me to Slovakia, which was a real eye-opener, culture shock. <laughs> Everything you can imagine, you know. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Can you, you imagine a young guy getting off the plane, going up into – the mountains of Slovakia to a small town called Jelena, man, you know, where I think it was culture shock because I think myself and my teammate was the only black people around for a mile (laughs) 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 or more. (laughs) And so, you know, it was just, you know, getting used to the food, uh, getting used to the language, uh, getting used to the culture. I think once, I think once you get used to all of those things, you're fine. With basketball, it's just basketball. That was always the same. As a European pro, uh, and I know your first year was a big shock to you, but talk about the differences that you had to go through back then compared to NCAA Division One basketball in the States. Well, well, to me, playing European basketball, it was a lot more laid back. You know, I mean, the biggest thing you did, you trained. You trained more than you played play you track you practice all week and maybe you play one or two games so uh the training styles was different because you trained more you was able to train more and the games were very interesting because you know I played on a lot of cup teams so we traveled from country to country playing different uh cup teams uh-huh and and uh you mentioned uh in our previous conversation that uh, you had a chance to play with Orlando Smart, hook up back with him. Yeah, yeah, Orlando. Well, talk about the, the, talk about that. The thing about it, uh, I think, uh, where was I? I think I played in Finland the year before, and I uh, I got offered to play for a team in Poland. When I went to the team, 
you know, I found out that Orlando Smart was playing there the year before me. You know, <laughs> it was pretty special because Orlando was at Orlando. You know, he had a pretty good re- reputation o- over there. You know, he had built up a name for himself. And, you know, I was coming in to kind of fill his shoes. So it was pretty interesting. And talk about the success you had that last year in Poland. Oh, we won it all. I, I, I won, we won the championship there. It, it was lovely, man. I, I never seen anything like it. I mean, it was top notch competition and, and believe it or not Jeff Stern who played at South Plains that I played with at Midland we wound up in the semifinals and we beat them to go to the finals <laughs> so that I show bet, you how I small the world sure. it is I know it sure is everybody's connected somehow yeah yeah and, and, uh, and uh, in, 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 you know out of nowhere you know they added you know you know I came in and they wasn't even expected to uh I guess be that good that year, and we wound up winning it all. Uh, do you? Do you? Uh, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna touch upon a subject that you don't like to talk about because you're so humble. I want you to talk about uh, the, your celebrity status back there and uh, commercials and and that kind of stuff. Well, first of all, I did the stuff to see what I like it. I didn't like any of it. You know, <laughs> a lot of it was time consuming. But I, I did a lot of it because I just wanted to have that experience of doing it, you know. And, you know, the 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 status and the level that I had over there is near not like an NBA player here. But I had my own and I experienced it all. And I think, you know, uh, you handle it in good fashion. You know, you try to, you know, when I was there, I always looked at myself as an ambassador, not, not just for myself, but of America, you know, because I felt that I was a representing the country over there. Uh, you know, uh, I'm I'm almost don't know what to say because that is that is such an exception to the norm, uh, especially now uh, players playing over there. If they had the opportunity and be a celebrity, uh, I mean, you didn't even want that experience. That wasn't that's what was not what you were all about. And and again, uh, we're going to talk about how all that experience, experience at USF Midland, uh, influences as a kid how that is all coming together now uh, with your upcoming plans, uh, with your uh, facility, uh, triple set, shoot 300, your AAU club, and uh, scouting, evaluating players for recruiting service. Talk about that. Well, uh, just moving forward, you know, upon retirement, you know, I was just always figuring out what I was, what I, what I want to do or what I was, huh? Hello? Hello? Coach, you got cut off. Oh, I'm here. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, I hear you. Okay, okay, I can delete that. So go ahead. So we'll start again. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah. no, let me, let, me, let me start, introduce again. Okay. So uh, I want Tim to get into, and this is a chance for him to uh, brag about all the experiences he's had <laughs> uh, since he was in middle school. And I know Tim's uncomfortable doing this. But now's your chance, Tim, to market uh, what you got coming up. A huge endeavor. Going to be uh, very beneficial for uh, youth basketball in Texas, prep school basketball, high school basketball, and, and what you have uh, to offer. And, and you made a comment to me uh, a while ago about uh, you knew your why. Tell us uh, your why for, for starting it. Uh, first of all, start out with the name. 
of the business and what it's going to be uh, known as? Well, the, the, the business is called Triple Threat 360, you know, and to me, Triple Threat uh, 360 is the evolution of basketball and the future of basketball training. And I say that because it uses technology, sports, sports science, and they fuse it with the sport of basketball. So I'm partnering with a company called uh, Shoot360, who has the Shoot360 technology in shooting, dribbling, and passing. Along with that technology, with the team that I've assembled and our own specialized programs, we're creating a, a comprehensive basketball training model. And uh, if I was a, a middle school, junior high, high school player in Texas, I would absolutely make sure I become a part of this program, even if you have to drive four hours. It's worth it. Uh, Tim, talk about uh, – I know it's very important to you to give back uh, now, and, and that's what really this show is all about. Uh, our guests are, are on it uh, because now they know it's their chance to, to give back what they've learned through their whole careers. Talk, talk about that. Well, when you talk about giving back, you know, since I retired from basketball, I worked into in the nonprofit sector. And I worked, I, I held a, a, a host of positions from athletic director, youth, youth development, uh, um, working with the homeless people in any capacity you can almost name. I've, I've worked to. Uh, uh, in the social service sector, you know, and uh, it was my son that prompted me uh, to put Triple Threat 360 together, you know, and, and I just want to take a combination of what I learned throughout uh, my life in basketball and my life in general, and I wanted to put it together in a package and I wanted to bring it to kids because what I'm doing is I'm taking a team and a group of people who have the experience to to that that have the experience that these young people need to propel them to the next level, and so that's what Triple Threat Sixty is is aimed at any 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 kid any group any any person that want to raise their game to the next level. This is Hug, Little Diddy Number One. Did you know? In the entire history of the NBA, no player has ever worn jersey number 69. Although Dennis Rodman had requested jersey number 69 when he joined the Dallas Mavericks, but was refused. Why was jersey number 69 ever worn? Well, David Stern never elaborated why. Oh, uh uh, I want Tim to get into, and this is a chance for him to uh, brag about all the experiences he's had uh, <laughs> since he was in middle school. And I know Tim's uncomfortable doing this, but now's your chance, Tim, to market uh, what you got coming up. A huge endeavor, going to be uh, very beneficial for uh, youth basketball in Texas, prep school basketball, high school basketball, and, and what you have. Uh, to offer, and and you made a comment to me uh, a while ago about uh, you knew your why. Tell us uh, your why for for starting it. Uh, first of all, start out with the name of the business and what it's going to be uh, known as. Well, the, the the business is called Triple Threat Three Hundred and Sixty. You know, and to me, Triple Threat 
360 is the evolution of basketball and the future of basketball training. And I say that because it uses technology, sports, sports science, and they fuse it with the sport of basketball. So I'm partnering with a company called uh, Shoot360, who has the Shoot360 technology in shooting, dribbling, and passing. Along with that technology, with the team that I've assembled and our own specialized programs, we're creating a, a comprehensive basketball training model. And uh, if I was a, a middle school, junior high, high school player in Texas, I would absolutely make sure I become a part of this program, even if you have to drive four hours. It's worth it. Uh, Tim, talk about uh, – I know it's very important to you to give back uh, now, and, and that's what really this show is all about. Uh, our guests are, are on it uh, because now they know it's their chance to, to give back what they've learned through their whole careers. Talk, talk about that. Well, when you talk about giving back, you know, since I retired from basketball, I worked into in the nonprofit sector. And I worked, I, I held a, a, a host of positions from athletic director, youth, youth development, uh, um, working with the homeless people in any capacity you can almost name. I've, I've worked to. Uh, uh, in the social service sector, you know, and uh, it was my son that prompted me uh, to put Triple Threat 360 together, you know, and, and I just want to take a combination of what I learned throughout uh, my life in basketball and my life in general, and I wanted to put it together in a package and I wanted to bring it to kids because what I'm doing is I'm taking a team and a group of people who have the experience to to that that have the experience that these young people need to propel them to the next level, and so that's what Triple Threat Sixty is is aimed at any 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 kid any group any any person that want to raise their game to the next level. We don't only we're not just focused on basketball, but we focus on education and we focus on life skills. So we we. We focus on the whole person. Hey, hey, guys, second. So again, uh, Tim Owens' website is timowens.net. Takes you to his uh, business page that talks about uh, Triple Threat three hundred and sixty. And, and Tim, I got, I got to tell you, we have a lot of USF alums <laughs> out there listening. I want. Uh, we're going to finish the show up. Talk about uh, your experience at USF as a student, socially, academically, basketball, everything, the people that you met there. Well, my, my total experience with, at USF, it was great. You know, I look back all the time over that time, and just because we're speaking about it, it just brings back this sense of nostalgia. You know, I can, I can smell Memorial Gym now, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Yeah, Love it. it does. Hey. It does. And, you know, just being on the campus, I, I think about Father Kennard. I think about Sister Mary Neal. I think about who was teaching our class and how they took an uh, interest in you uh, beyond beyond being an athlete, you know, uh, beyond your sport. If I remember correctly, USF graduate 99% of their athletes, you know, that, and yeah. that says a lot, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And I know, I know the alumni up there uh, are going to be listening to this answer. 
when are you planning on going to USF next? Uh, I'll be there next year. My best friend, Michael Richardson, his daughter, Shia Richardson, just signed a volleyball scholarship with the University of San Francisco. So she's officially a Don. Go Dons. Welcome, Shia. <laughs> and, and we're going to work. I'm sure someone out there, we're going to try to put together a, a special welcome uh, back to, for Tim Owens uh, event on campus, whether it's after a game, before a game, uh, during the game. Uh, so I know that that's something uh, that'll be in the works. Hey, Tim, I want to thank you so much for being our first guest on here. There's so many uh, important uh, things that you pointed out uh, through this whole interview. So important, especially, again, for the, the players out there listening and even for the coaches to pass this on, uh, your knowledge and how you uh, uh, did things with certain challenges that you had. Uh, one last question, and don't want to put you on the spot. Those high school players out there that are listening, that aren't getting the minutes that they think they deserve coming off the bench. What, what do you talk to us about or uh, one or two points that they could focus on to improve their minutes? Well, first of all, what they can take it because myself, I always use basketball as a metaphor for life. I feel like you can learn a lot about yourself through the sport of basketball. And I would, I would, I would encourage, I would encourage them to work hard, you know, uh, in life, you're going to have things that not have you're not going to always get get what you want. And in, in, in that instance, you're not going to get the minutes what you want. You know, like I said, it could be the coaches could be that you don't work hard enough. It could be that you don't fit in the scheme of things. But that don't mean you can't like give give 110 percent, you know, and, and through that 110 percent, you might surpass a lot of people. You know, when I look back over the, the body of work that I accomplished, uh, I never thought that I would be here doing this podcast right now. And I think about all the players that 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 I looked at when I was at Yates or, or at Midland or any of these places and to look back and see what I've accomplished. It's amazing to even myself. Uh, hey, I know there's a lot of uh, teammate, ex-teammates uh, of yours. Want to shout out to anybody? Oh, uh, I want to give a shout out to DJ, uh, Mike Favelli, John Glavid, Scotty McWhorter, all the whole crew that was on the team uh, when I was at the University of San Francisco. Because when I left, I kind of like dipped out to Europe. Nobody heard from me, you know. So I just want to give a shout out to the whole Don family, you know. Uh, uh, also, uh, Michael Richardson, Trent, uh, 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 Pink, all the guys at the YMCA who I built a bond with and who helped hone my skills, you know, my coach, Coach Franklin, Coach Johnson, you know, and most of all, my family and friends. Thanks for joining us this week uh, for the Be Legendary podcast. If you really enjoyed and got some information out of our show, please subscribe. It helps us tremendously. And make sure you visit our website, 24-seconds.com. See you next time.